Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Arvind on behalf of um, Masala PTI. Uh, it's kind of a reboot edition. Uh, sorry for uh, going MAA on you guys. It's been a while. But me and my partner Ravi, we have decided to uh, reboot the franchise just like most of the TV shows these days. So Ravi, welcome back to uh, Masala PTI after a long break, actually. I know, Arvind. And uh, I think... Uh... It's great to be back. There is so much to talk about uh, in regards to everything that's happened in the summer with the NBA and the NFL, but also what's coming up with fantasy football. So we've been out for a long time, but great to be back. Yeah, this is the perfect uh, time, obviously, with uh, NFL and fantasy about to kick off. And as most of our listeners uh, probably know, uh, Ravi hibernates during the football off-season, uh, fantasy off-season, and he's uh, ready to go now. So what have you been up to? Have you been eating, drinking water? What have you been up to the last uh, eight months without uh, football? Yeah, some of that, but I would say that it was a really miserable existence until, for what it's worth, uh, Sports fans were finally uh, rescued by the Cricket World Cup that happened this past summer. So, otherwise, as you well know, right around the time that the uh, the NFL, obviously, once the NFL ends and then there is a little bit of uh, energy and interest uh, up and until the uh, NBA playoffs uh, get completed. But after that, true. Football fan for me, those are the dark days of being a sports fan, the summer that is. Yeah. Uh, but this year, I think uh, the fact that there was a World Cup of cricket happening, I think that ended up salvaging some of uh, the off-time uh, life for a sports fan. True, true. The summer is uh, brutal. I've been feeling that too this uh, this uh, year. Uh, slightly off-topic, uh, Ravi, I wanted to... Uh, this just crossed my mind. Where is baseball headed? I, I mean, NBA has absolutely taken over June and July. And then people seem to be just waiting for football. I mean, baseball is still a major sport and I'm sure it'll make tons of money over the next hundred years and I'll be following it too. But I feel like it's kind of uh, lost a lot of momentum compared to where it was even 10 years back. Where do you think baseball is right now? So, uh, I have a pretty subjective opinion on that given that uh, even in the days that I used to follow baseball, I used to primarily follow uh, my team or our team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and this was during the time they were good. So there mm-hmm. was a biased following even in those days. But overall, my problem with baseball primarily is that it has become more of a uh, activity. Too much, I think, has gone into you know the stats and the trends and the quantitative analysis, uh, the speed gun has, I think, in some ways also ruined it in regards <laughs> to it becoming more of a uh, more of a numbers game. And I don't mean numbers in regards to team wins and losses, but rather, you know, pretty much every other topic of discussion in baseball in the last decade or so has been around, uh, 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 you know, 
pitching speeds and home runs and um, ERA and all of it. So to me, it has become a lot more of a statistical avocation than a real sport. And that's a tragedy because I do feel that it has a lot of... Uh, obviously, it has a rich legacy, a very uh, good, solid history of rivalry among certain teams. It has everything going for it to be a true blue sporting event. I just feel that it has become too too geeky for my liking. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean... Something has changed uh, with respect to uh, uh, both NBA and baseball, actually. NBA in a positive way and baseball more so in a not-so-positive way. And I, I agree with you, there's a lot of uh, numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll... yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, in fact, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point because I'm, you know, and that's what has kind of uh, been the difference to me that the NBA, if you really look at uh, just pure stats in the NBA today versus the way they were 10 years ago, uh, you know, there is what 40 players averaging over 20, 22 points a game. And I mean, my point is, stats have really risen, but. I don't think too many of us spend too much time talking about them. We still do talk about the team rivalries and, you know, uh, matchups, uh, what some of the dynasties and pseudo-dynasties are looking like, some of the free agency or trade-related uh, uh, news. So, uh, still a very qualitative discussion that's occurring in the sport of basketball and it has really, really... Mag, uh, in a in a very magnified manner, increase the interest in it. Uh, I think baseball is still in that sense not it's pretty blah. Yeah, agreed. I mean the off NBA off season for people seems to be more interesting than actually the yeah, in season games and even the playoff early rounds of the playoffs. Uh, on that note, let's yeah. start with that before jumping into football. Um, what did you think of the crazy off season? I mean, uh, both of us are. Uh, Suns fans, but living in the Bay Area, so we keep tabs on the Warriors as well. So as expected, uh, uh, Kevin Durant left town, but then I was totally blown away by the amount of change that they went into. And for the most part, I think the Warriors uh, did the right thing. They, they're kind of semi-rebooting and reloading and retooling, whatever you want to call it, and I'm kind of excited to see them uh, go next year. On the other hand, the Suns, I feel like, uh, just didn't get enough done. I like Rubio, but I don't know how far that's going to take them. What did you think of uh, the offseason in general, and also specifically Suns and the Warriors? Yeah, so in general, again, a totally wacky and super interesting off-season, uh, you know, I think it, it blew pretty much, uh, even in general, I think the NBA is the most active both in-season and during the off-season in regards to transactions, but even compared to its typical trend, I think the this particular off-season was just wacky, completely crazy, and it kind of uh, uh, told me a couple of things. A... You know, the only thing that I'm not a big fan of is that the balance of power has completely shifted to that of the player rather than on the team or the owner. And not that one mm-hmm. is right or wrong, but to see how some of these deals were architected and or- orchestrated, uh, you know, it felt like at any given point of time, uh, if you are a player of a certain stature, 
basically if you are like a top 10 player in the league you could literally carve out the team you want and get what you need uh, for whichever team you're planning to join and i think that is a little bit of a uh, you know worrying factor but it just makes it a lot more entertaining for people like us who follow the game so closely right and that's the second point i had was in terms of in terms of winners and losers again there is like a million different opinions every off season on you know which who was the win loser this that and the other but this time it felt like you had a clear cut consensus on who some of the winners are either teams or players and on the other hand who were some of the teams or players who frankly speaking had a pretty shitty off season so that's so who, who are your winners <laughs> big winners let's so say i thought i thought the, yeah i thought the big winner uh, or the big uh, 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 you know winner yeah a big winner either if you talk about it as a team or as an individual was sam presti with uh, okc you know to mm. me what he was able to do uh, what he was able to do by basically uh, giving up a player who i'm not even sure whether he was in their long term plan in, uh, you know when you talk about uh, uh, paul george and in return basically getting a king's ransom both in terms of currently useful chips uh, uh, as well as uh, you know based uh, draft picks and the more one has seen how things have progressed in the nba it is kind of slowly but surely converting from a superstar driven league to a you know a new talent a draft pick driven league kind of similar to how the nfl has been for the past several years and in that sense i think okc got the best of both worlds in disposing of a player who frankly speaking may not have been part of their longer scheme of things anyways true and uh, new orleans too i think new orleans haul they got for uh, anthony davis was also amazing and i think uh, yes. yeah and these two teams i think definitely have a bright future but in the near term uh, i guess everybody's looking forward to the lakers and the clippers they seem to be on top of uh, most standings and of course the westbrook harden combination in houston is fascinating too uh, half of the people are really convinced it won't work and the other half are really convinced it will work uh, i don't know where i fall i kind of think it won't work but at the same time i can't wait to watch and on that note you know the other thing that was fascinating for me is and this happens with the nfl too where uh, the scheduled release has become such a big event you know it's like uh, christmas even though in nba yeah. everybody's playing everybody anyways and in the nfl you know who you are playing ahead of time but still you know when is it what games are prime time what's the nba matchup on uh, christmas day and all of that is like a big news for a day and a half um any any thoughts on uh, two things specifically the christmas matchup of course is a big deal in the nba and this year the warriors are opening a new uh, arena to the chase center and uh, i thought it was interesting that uh, the clippers are actually opening it so that's not a you know easy matchup but uh, looks like clippers are going to be in town opening the chase center i'm just you know it it, it, it... you bring up a good point because i actually was going to uh, i mean actually pretty keen on knowing what the line is going to be for that game 
because on paper mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if the clippers are road favorites uh, uh, you know a lot of it is uh, what their uh, off season acquisitions have been combined with the well, seeming narrative around the warriors being uh, kind of on the on the down slope i mean not the seeming narrative it is kind of obvious that they are no longer the team uh, with uh, a bunch of all stars Uh, but yeah. i think underrating them might be at everyone's uh, peril as well but i do feel that i think the clippers uh, have done better than most teams in bolstering their uh, roster agreed but you know the other twist there is we don't even know if paul george is going to be available at the start of the season in which case uh you know the clippers are not going to be that heavily favored they still have a good yeah. roster i think they are one of the deeper more uh, well defined teams out there that's why i like them a lot better than i like the lakers lakers yeah. have a lot more question mark but uh, if paul george doesn't play then that's a different game and then if he plays it's a different game but it's interesting i mean spoken like a true uh, uh, sports gambler yeah, you are already thinking about the lines i like that <laughs> <laughs> you know i can and uh, i on that note it's 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 a it's a match up it's one of those few uh, uh matchups that i have my eyes on obviously months in advance typically i'm one of those last second what's going on tonight kind of a better mm-hmm. but that's one matchup because i'm basically going to put money on the underdog in that matchup but because i think what looks to be to the eye may not be the truth in that game i completely agree with you in regards to paul george not potentially being available which to play reverse logic might end up with them being rated lesser than what their team i mean what they actually might be in terms of how good they might be because i was very impressed with their overall team composition and the way they basically played last year and yep. even if you singularly factor in the addition of kawai i think that's a significant leap so i'm not even factoring in the paul george effect but my point is if because paul george or in case paul george does not play and the market kind of rates the clippers a little lower than they would otherwise i would be keeping my eyes on that as well yeah that's a good point yeah either way they'll they're a good team uh we'll have a lot of time to talk nba so it's time to switch to nfl and by the way i i did notice that you completely skipped the suns question which tells me all i need to know about uh, <laughs> what you yeah. think about the off season you don't even have to explain that exactly. one <laughs> exactly exactly you know to the point where i genuinely have forgotten who they drafted in fact when you asked the question i was trying desperately to scramble around and try to remember who they actually drafted and uh, i was drawing a blank uh, so can you well, enlighten me on who, who they actually picked up well they traded down to pick that guy i, I believe his name is cam johnson who is uh oh, yes right who was a three point shooter that they fell in love with but really everybody in the world was like what WTF <laughs> why is this guy going in the first <laughs> round and so on and so forth um you remember even his teammate uh, Kobe White was like shocked in his press conference in uh, Chicago that uh, he got drafted oh yes 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 yeah. yes yeah and uh, now in fact i was able to able to remember that guy's face but couldn't remember his name and the only reason and i remembered his face was he looked very similar to again this 
player from a few seasons ago. I, again, I'm drawing a blank on that other player's name. But mm-hmm. he married Kim Kardashian for a few months. Oh, That's you his, mean... That was his claim to fame. Chris uh, Humphries? So, no, Chris Humphries? Oh, yes, Chris Humphries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Humphries, yeah. So, the dude that the Suns drafted kind of looked like him. So, that's the only <laughs> thing I remember about him. Nice. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on the Suns situation at some point. Uh, hopefully, there's something positive to say. Now, on to NFL, the nation's true pastime. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on the whole Browns hype in general? Uh, not so much... uh about the fantasy itself just even at the nfl uh, projections uh they seem to be the flavor of the month and um any thoughts on uh kyler murray and the and his debut in the preseason because that made a lot of headlines too and i'm happy about that however i'm still not sold for two reasons basically it's preseason number one uh secondly is still tiny i mean now i'm not sure how many hits he's going to be able to take of course i understand uh, it's not the nfl of uh, our grandpa right it's 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 a different game today where even quarterbacks like him can excel but still the guy is so slight and tiny i'm just not sure how he's going to take multiple hits and get up and keep playing uh, but it was good to see him put up some decent performance in that uh, preseason game what are your uh, thoughts on uh, either of those situations kyler murray close to home or uh, uh, nationally the all the hype that the browns are getting i like kyler uh, murray and including the preseason or whatever we saw of him in the preseason there were two aspects that really stood out one was that he seems to have a laser for an arm i mean i think uh, his throws <laughs> looked like uh, pretty much harking back to the best of uh, purely in terms of velocity uh, harking back to the likes of cam newton and uh, roger so i think that was good to see after being used for the past several years to the noodle arm of josh rosen and uh, uh, you know ryan whatever lindley and the crap that <laughs> we have had since warner left so i think that has been good to see the other thing that kind of uh, uh i'm really excited about is to see the whole uh, cliff kingsbury offense and how david johnson is used in that um true and there there are one or two elements which i mean which i'm really intrigued about and then one kind of uh, you know concern i have the things that i'm interested in is obviously that kingsbury is known to use his backfield in a create in a variety of creative ways and last year showed how you could literally uh, you know damage the confidence of pretty much the best player in football if you don't have the right offensive sets established for him and what happened with david johnson last year with the stupid coaching staff that we had was nothing short of tragic yeah. um, so it would be interesting to see how he's used also i think i was pretty intrigued by the charles clay acquisition mm-hmm. uh, because again we've never had a true pass catching titan in i don't know how many years Uh, so that would be interesting to see the thing that i'm kind of concerned about is what kind of a role does pitts play because almost by default and with no other option for the last few years he's been the team's number one receiver in a pretty crappy offense this year i feel there is a lot of innovation and creativity that kingsbury is bringing to the offense from what i've obviously read and heard i'm not sure if pitts is any more going to be 
more than a barely serviceable number two. I think all the hype seems to be on Christian Kirk. Yeah. Uh, and that would be kind of sad to see, and it will be again an opportunity to see if Fitz reinvents himself, similar to how he did with uh, Bruce Arians uh, towards the end of uh, uh, you know 2009, 2010. So that is right. one. I am on the Browns, uh, Arvin. I'm actually super excited. In fact, going back to our discussion around being a better, uh, uh, I think they were at 15 to one or something to get to the Super Bowl, and I would put some money there because uh, their line is. They are strongest ever. Chubb is basically an unadulterated stud who will no longer have the stupid distraction of Carlos Hyde and uh, Duke Johnson and all of it. And then let's be honest. I mean, Beckham has thus far in his career only been hampered by having a bad QB. And I think Mayfield is an upgrade and Landry is a perfect number two. So I think offensively, they'll be a juggernaut. Defensively, they improved a lot last year, so I think there is much to be, I mean, you know, looking forward to as far as the Browns are concerned. Cool. So you are a believer. I, I, I'm just not a Baker Mayfield fan. So I see uh, all of the talent around him, uh-huh. but I'm still, uh, you know, it's more like I can yeah. see, I can see the arguments though. I can see and buy the arguments in favor of them because the talent is definitely there. Uh, the question mark is going to be like the health of Beckham and things like that, plus whether uh, Baker Mayfield takes that next step, right? He already has shown some flashes, but uh, let's see how far he can uh, uh, take them this year. Um, as for Fitz, you bring yeah. up interesting... So one, yeah? So one, one, one quick thing there, Arvin, and I, by the way, I'm totally with you, and if we were to think of it in a fantasy context, Baker will not be a quarterback that I will want to have on my team at all. And this was the case last year as well. And even this year, even though he has all the weapons, he just doesn't give you that feeling of confidence. But something really interesting I read yesterday was since Freddie Kitchens took over the Browns' offense last year, Mayfield was number two in the league in deep pass accuracy. Yeah. I forget who number one was. And Eli was the worst in the league in, those, <laughs> in if you take just that sample set of games. And now you put Beckham in a team or going from a team that had basically the worst deep ball thrower to the team that has the second best in the, in the league. I think Beckham and his wacky talent may help camouflage some of uh, Baker's other problems. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I I saw that too. That he's one of the more accurate passers, which is great news, right? That always uh, is going to help, especially when you have talented uh, receivers. So, like I said, I don't have a good ar- exactly. argument against anything people are saying, uh, but I'm just not a big um, Baker Mayfield fan. So uh, let's see how it goes. Um, as for uh, what is the other topic you're talking about? Oh, Fitz. Yeah, I just I wanted to say this about Fitz. I feel like if the offense is truly, you know, game-changing and if the ball is flying all over the place, I feel like Fitz will find a way to, you know, fit in as well as contribute. So you may be right on him being the number two, but maybe a very uh, good number two in a very good offense. That's what I'm hoping for him. Um, and, and, you know, that, that might happen given the track record of both uh, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, uh, Fitz. So I'm not personally too worried about him. But as far as his fantasy value and things like that, I'm not sure. I agree with you there. On, totally agree. Yeah, on, on speaking of fantasy, that's a nice segue. So 
let's uh, ease into fantasy football, uh, Ravi, since we are uh, kind of uh, rebooting the franchise, if you will, after a while. So I thought we will just go over something simple, the top five, right? The top five QBs, RBs, wide receivers, and Titans. And uh, as of today, uh, let's assume it's PPR. It's a PPR league. And we'll just rank the top five in each position. And no hedging, nothing, right? It's not like, oh, don't tell me that uh, if Ezekiel shows up next week, he will be blah, blah, blah. I want, pretend like the draft is tonight and you got to make a call. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so... And we're doing PPR, right? Not half PPR. We're doing full PPR. Sure, full PPR, yeah. And uh, I will kick off with QB. And I had two points to make here. I think it's truly, finally, a changing of the guard in the sense that uh, it was kind of weird to not see Brady or Breeze or Ben Roethlisberger in the top five, in anybody's ranking, pretty much. Um, I think A-Rod, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still hanging in there. If he slips, then I think it's truly end of an uh, era. But it was odd for me to see a ranking this year and not see Brady or Breeze or uh, Ben anywhere near uh, the top five or even ten for that matter. Um, The other point that was uh, interesting was I did say that uh, let's start off with the easy ranking, but I had a lot of difficulty with the QB beyond the top three. The QB ranking this season seems to be all over the place. And that's fascinating. With that said, this is what I went with. Uh, Mahomes Mahomes at number one, Deshaun Watson at two, Aaron Rodgers three, uh, Matt Ryan four, and Cam Newton five. Um, With Matt Ryan, there's another stat that was, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but basically he has been not the sexiest of names, right, in the top five ranking, but... He has been one of the most consistent fantasy performers the last three years, statistically. So I'm going with him. Uh, I've seen Baker Mayfield in so many of the lists in the top five. I'm just, philosophically, I was just not going to put him there. So that's my top five. Who is yours? So my list is Mahomes definitely at number one. I think we disagree straight away at number two, where I'm actually really worried for Deshaun Watson. Not because, again, for his own talent, but it seems like with Fuller picking up, or Fuller not having fully recovered, QT seems to have picked up an injury last week. Uh, kind of, I'm never, I've never been a Lamar Miller fan, though a <laughs> Lamar Miller owner over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so, Watson, again, you know, what I, I I think worst case scenario for Watson might be that, again, he is overly dependent on the freak called DeAndre. But other than that, uh, you know, it's just one of those situations where there are a few other things that concern me about the rest of his supporting cast. Watson is not number two. My number two is the tried and trusted Aaron Rodgers, followed by Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. Oh, so I think nice. we are four, I think we are good or we are aligned on one, four and five. I think I have in, introduced uh, Andrew Luck into the top five at the expense of uh, Watson. 
Interesting. That is a lot more similar than I would have guessed. Uh, you're right. We are uh, in sync with four of those guys. And Luck was the other guy I wanted to put in there, right? Uh, instead of Cam, actually, in my case. Okay. Uh, it's just the injury concern. Otherwise, I think he's, he's, probably, he's in the early season top five lists in a lot of places, but then he's dropping because of the injury. Uh, but anyway, that's... that. Yeah, like I said, beyond three, it was hard for me, actually. I could have picked a bunch of people. And which is a good thing, uh, as as we look at you know, ex- extrapolating what we are discussing to the larger context of you know uh, a league that is in the process of drafting or about to draft, right? Versus the pre- previous years where you had your uh, in Manning, Breeze, Rogers, Brady, or Ben kind of uh, uh, pronged uh, superstar QB. Yeah. And if you don't. You know, if you don't get to them, you basically are better off waiting until the twelfth, thirteenth rounds or streaming them. This year, I think you couldn't. Other than Mahomes, I feel you're not going wrong if you just wait because you're still getting a fairly good QB with a better than punter's chance at the top three finish. That's the theory. Yeah, that's absolutely the theory. There's a deeper pool of talent which is close to each other. And I'm also interested in seeing if the name value is going to skew some of the draft decisions, right? Yeah, if Tom Brady is sitting there in like, uh, you know, later rounds and people get tempted and pick him ahead of his spot or whatever, I wonder if there is some inefficiencies there that uh, some of us could uh, exploit. On the flip side, maybe it's yes. it's us falling for those names as well. So we have to be careful. Um on the okay, now on to the RB. You go first. So, are we doing RB or wide receiver next? Uh, uh, you pick. I, I said RB, but you pick. Okay, okay, sorry, because I just had my wide receiver list in front of me. So, if you're fine with it, let's go with that first. Sure. So, my uh, wide receiver top five, Arvin, uh, I am kind of going against the grain of what everyone's thinking right with my number one. it's you know, My number one is Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and it kind of feels uh, ironic that I wasn't too happy with Watson being high up. I think, uh, I, despite that, I feel Hopkins is my number one, mm-hmm. followed by Julio, Michael Thomas, uh, Beckham, and Tyreek Hill. With asterisk that Tyreek Hill between now and the beginning of the season and again get suspended or something. Other than that, to me, that would be my num- my top five wide receivers for this season. Okay, so you said Hopkins, Julio, Michael Thomas. Uh, Beckham and Tyreek Hill. Beckham and Tyreek Hill. Okay, so surprisingly, we are identical at the top three. Uh, oh, wow. So yeah. Devante Adams for you either. Uh, t- not in the top three. So Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. Four for me is uh, Devontae Adams. And five is uh, okay. Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster. So, oh, okay. I, I, again, I'm not a big Beckham fan, probably because I've been burnt by him a couple of times in fantasy. Uh, yeah. And I think he's nicked up already a little bit. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. If he does, he may be, you know, right there at the top. But uh, I'm willing to gamble a little bit on uh, my guy Juju, who has been in my team. I think both both years actually. S- but yes, I agree. He has been uh, someone that you have kind of nurtured and made popular. 
So, but I agree with, actually, if it was non-PPR, I think I would have uh, put Adams ahead of Thomas, maybe, and then uh, Tyreek will, will obviously be in the top five, uh, aside from the suspension concern you have. But actually, I was not too much, too concerned about uh, the suspension. I just dropped him out of my top five just because of the, uh, what do you call, the PPR factor. Cool. Let, right, right, let, right. Me, let me do the RB. RB is surprisingly probably uh, the most consistent uh, rankings I saw. Yes. Plus, it's probably the easiest. So, mine is Saquon Barkley, Chris McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Elliott, and uh, David Johnson. I think I have the exact same five in the same order. Okay, yeah. There's not much uh, excitement there. It's probably, yeah. Uh, you know, the one guy that I was strongly, really strongly considered to replace uh, Elliot in mm. the top five was, uh, believe it or not, Chubb. Uh, I'm a big fan. And in fact, uh, 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 you know, to me, if tomorrow we find out that uh, Elliot, you know, Elliot's situation is not getting any clearer, Mm-hmm. I might bump Chubb up. I mean, I think to me, uh, again, he's someone that I'll probably be angling for in the draft irrespective of what draft position I'm in. Nice. That's good to know as I will be drafting with you shortly in multiple <laughs> yeah. in multiple leagues. <laughs> I will try yeah, my yeah. I'll try my best to undercut you and uh, pick uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm a big fan too. I like that guy. Get him, get him in the first round. Yeah, I like that guy as well. Uh, it's interesting that Saquon Barkley is has pretty much gone to the top, right? Uh, yes. And as far as performance last year goes, Nick Chubb was pretty impressive too. So relatively, I don't think his reputation has jumped up that much. Um, I'm not saying he's better than Barkley or anything like that, but I'm just saying relative to where he was uh, last year, how he performed, yeah, there's still some value in Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, you can pick him in like real good value rounds. I feel like. Yeah, and to me, uh, I was again listening to someone who was talking about, uh, you know, Chubb being in his. I forget who this was. I think this was Fantasy Pros, the, their podcast, and they were talking about how. Chubb uh, would be a late second rounder for them because of the fact that in eight weeks, once Kareem Hunt comes back, there might be a split backfield. And I was like, that is really put lights of fancy at an entirely different level. A, because if you are still in the running in the first week, after the first eight weeks, thanks to Nick Chubb, I don't think I would worry about the fact that now Kareem Hunt is in and therefore Chubb's role will diminish. You know, I don't think when we are drafting, we are thinking that far ahead. Because for the first eight weeks, you know that he is someone that is going to be a three-down back. So, that's, right. I think, faulty logic and something that, uh, uh, you know, I'm not even thinking <laughs> evaluate think Chubb. I don't know how faulty a logic that is, but it is faulty for you, given that you are Trader Joe. So, you'd be gone from your roster in the first eight weeks anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you're absolutely right. See, eight weeks is like... So, exactly. Yeah, worried about it. See, rest of us mortals, we have to care about that because we may have to carry him beyond week eight. You pretty much don't carry anybody on your roster beyond eight weeks. 
it's ironic we are talking specifically about Chubb in this context because last year I'm not sure if you remember but I had actually picked him off waivers in week one or week just before between week one and week two mm-hmm. and he was the only running back on my roster other than David Johnson who stayed on till week twelve uh, which is when our trading deadline was. True. Actually, you you do. Uh, to be fair, you do hold on your running backs, the good ones, a little longer though. So that is uh, a fact. But then I was also the idiot who traded him. I mean, in a package that is. But I traded him uh, in favor of Mark Ingram, and obviously that exploded in my face. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's what happens to Trader Joe's. Um, how about <laughs> how about Titans? Your turn. So Titans, again, I have a feeling this one will be a fairly uh, similar list. So my top five are Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, O.J. Howard, who's again someone I really like. And then I was, you know, wrestling between Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry and just went with Hunter Henry given uh, the Chargers and Rivers track record in making their Titans look good. And in comparison, Evan Ingram's quarterback being uh, Eli Manning. So, my top five are Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, O.J. Howard, and Hunter Henry. Great. Actually, mine is exactly the same except one uh, difference in the ranking. I w- my ranking has Kelsey, Kittle, Hertz, Howard, and Ingram. I'm also a okay. big O.J. Howard fan. And... Uh, the only difference between you and me is the ranking for Kittle and uh, Hertz. Um, you know, that's all fine, right? Because at the t- when we're talking about the top five, these are all supposed studs anyways. So you can't go wrong with uh, any of these guys, typically, if they, if they perform to their potential. So um, that's all you can ask for. Uh, the, the ordering, the, the ranking, it's really... Uh, you know, nuanced and who knows what's going to happen. But as long as we have the right guys in that list, I think it's good. So that's exactly. that's a good start. Uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I'm sure we'll have more to say on all things sports moving forward and uh, hope uh, we can be more consistent this year. Something that uh, we can definitely commit to. Hopefully, keeping this as a uh, you know as a weekly uh, podcast. Uh, I think uh, the season has just start, is about to start, so I'm sure there will be a lot more uh, uh, things that we can talk about. And uh, in fact, I was just making mental notes of what else we can discuss in the next next week's podcast itself. Uh, you know, there are so many other interesting guys that I feel we can discuss who may or may not even be in the top 20 of, uh, uh, you know, of the rankings. I think the beginning of the NFL season always is a wake-up call for us to do some of the things like this podcast a lot more frenetically and I think uh, I'm ready for it this year. Cool. Let's do it. So, until next time, uh, goodbye everybody and hope to talk to you all uh, soon again. Perfect.